Good morning. I like that. Y'all looking good this morning. Sounding very enthusiastic. That's a good thing. That's how we should sound. And that's how we should conduct ourselves every Sunday. Especially every Sunday. And then let it carry on through the week. Let it, let it carry us through the week. So good to have you here this morning. Um, Cornerstone, you probably wouldn't never had would never have imagined it, but um, this is my family over here. <laughs> where, where, where you are, but as we always say, you're my brother from another mother. All right, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. My grandbaby right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thank God for y'all. We're going to kind of wrap up our theme that we've been on all of last month, Embrace Love. And um, I just want to say that I thank God for Jason, who um, has done a tremendous job. And I remember when the decision was made after prayerfully considering it to um, preach and teach this series on embracing love, being obedient. He wanted to make sure that God was leading him in that way. And we talked about it, and, and he said that it's, it's not an easy sermon to preach. Because, you know, sometimes we as human beings, we don't want to hear the truth. You know, it's easy just to kind of turn the other way, see it, but not see it. But God wants us to hear the truth. Because the truth is what makes us free, right? We are our brother's keeper. He wants us to reach out to one another. And not saying that Cornerstone is this way, but some people, some churches don't want to hear the truth. I was amazed that um, just only probably two weeks ago, my wife and I um, talked to a, a representative from, a, from a, an air conditioning company. And I was a little reluctant, but I said, well, I need to do this because we, we were having, every year we would have problems with our, with our AC. And um, I like kind of being proactive before it breaks during the cold or the winter or the hottest of the summer. Then I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't hear the end of it then, you know. So, so, so we made this appointment with this guy, and he called, and... Um, and we made the appointment. I had to go to work, so I'm, I'm trying to stay up so we can talk to him long enough and then sleep before going to work. And he was late. So he called, and he said he was, he was going to be late. He was real, really, really cordial. He was going to be late. And I said, okay, um, I'll wait for you. But if you're not here by a certain time, I forgot what time I told him. I said, I'm going to bed because I have to go to work tonight. That time came. He wasn't there. So I waited a little longer, and he came. And thank God, I waited on him. Didn't know that this guy was a, a minister, and he, he lives in Bainbridge. He's a white guy. And, and I tell you, we, we really had church before we talked about the AC. Because I, I, was, 
I, I was telling him about the series that Jason had been preaching, and, and it's so amazing. Everything I said, he had, he had, he had like he had lived the whole entire thing, you know. When Jason told us about uh, 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 a while, a few Sundays ago, about the, the pastor having to leave because of the comments he made about how we have to reach across the aisles and, and, and we have to be concerned about our brothers. And he had to leave the church. Well, this guy, that happened to him. He said he saw some of his members. They got into it with some black people, and they got me. He said it was pretty ugly in the street. Now, as Christians, we, we, shouldn't, we should never conduct ourselves like that. Even if we have a dispute with one another, we should do it in a loving way. There's a way to go about doing everything. So he, he talked to them and said, you know, you owe these people an apology and what have you, and the next thing, no, he knew he, he, was, he was out of there. And this wasn't way, way far off. This was close to here. And I was amazed. I was amazed. And, I'm, and I thought to myself, I said, well, what would God say about that? We know he wouldn't be pleased. He wouldn't be pleased because God does not show respect of any person. We all made in his image. He loves us all. He loves us all. And the more we talk about it and we address issues and we, we have a shoulder for our brother or sister to lean on, the more God is pleased with the way that we are expanding his kingdom. We're the light of the world. We set the example. We show the way. We're that solidarity. But Roman talks about how we shouldn't be conformed by the world's standard, but be transformed by the word of God. So that's our job, you know. To change and then be instrumental in the world seeing that change. We're going to, um, I want to start, Kenneth, if you'll if you pull up our, our verse that we, we've been using, been starting our messages with all of this series, it's First John. And I'm just going to read it, and I want you to really hear it, listen to the words. It's amazing that before we, before Jason started on this series, it's a lot of stuff that I really didn't see in the Word. I really didn't, to be honest with you. I didn't see it. I kind of saw it and I didn't see it. But listen what it says. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Isn't that amazing? I've been going to church all of my adult life, even as a child. I was brought up in the church. And it's kind of embarrassing to say that a lot of people, Christian people, that I've dealt with, that I know, the question kind of comes to mind to my mind is based on their conduct, do they really know God? God says that whoever does not love, and he didn't specify what race, what culture, what religion, does not love. Who does not love does not know God. Now we can say what we want to say. We can say we've been saved, baptized, 
sanctified and full of the Holy Spirit and all of that. But if we don't look, the word says we don't know God. And if we don't know God, when we stand before him, guess what's going to happen? I never knew you. He talks about whatever we do to others. When you give me a cup of water, Sam, he said, you did it unto him. <laughs> whatever we do for others, we're doing it for him. That's the, that's the attitude we have to have. Now, now I want to use that as a little subtopic. I want to I use the topic of Love never fails. Love never fails. That's all we have to do, y'all. If we love, the rest is a done deal. That's the main ingredient right there. Love. The word said that love fulfills all the law, doesn't it? That's it. It fulfills all the law. Now, you don't have to be at my house every day eating up my food and this and that and all that, hanging out. But when I need you, I need to feel that I can call on you. And when you need me, you need to feel that you can call on me. That's what, that's what family does. That's what children of God does. Amen? Amen. Now, now this, this love thing, human love, let me, let me say this. Human love is based on what? Our feelings, our emotions, you know, circumstances. And also, this is key right here. I talk to my wife all the time about this. It also is based on response of others. You know, when, others, when other people just seem ungrateful and just, just downright, you know, they give you the impression that they could care less that you care about them. They can just, just turn their bikes on you. They can mistreat you. And oftentimes we want to say, well, you know what? That's it. I can't deal with them. But the love that God is talking about is not based on that. Because, see, I tell my wife all the time, I say, God is going to hold me and you accountable for what we do, not for what others do. He's going to hold us accountable for what we do individually. What if Jesus had said, well, you guys over there that spit on me and slapped me earlier, I'm not dying on the cross for you. You can forget it. But he didn't do it. The ones of you that wagged your head and rubbed it in my face, I'm not going to die for you. But he didn't do that. He loved them still. That's what we have to do. We have to love. Not based on Feelings, but based on the fact that we know God. That's what it's based on. Amen. You see, God love is dependent, what? Only upon God. And that's what our love should be dependent upon. Only upon ourselves. We choose. God chose to love us. He loved us first. He chose to love us. The scripture tells us that God demonstrated his love for us in this way, that while we were still sinners, he died for us. There's no greater example of love 
than Christ dying for us on the cross. He chose to love us. So how do we love others? How do we love those that just, some people just get on your nerves. Really, they really do. They really, really do. I mean, we're going to keep it real. They just get on your nerves. When you see them come, you're like, oh, man, you know, you know, God, you know, really. I mean, that's the way we are. Yeah, always coming and asking for stuff and never bring it back and just, you know, just. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, maybe I'm the only one that, you know what I mean, but I'm, I'm you know, the truth is going to make us free, you know. But the only way we can love the way God wants us to love is by his help. Because if we choose to do it, then he will enable us to do it by his Holy Spirit. That's the only way we can do it. We can't do it on our own. I mean, as hard as we try, we cannot do it on our own. That's the bottom line. That's why we have to love God. We love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. And then what he said, then love your neighbor as yourself. He said, all the law of the prophets hang on these two verses. That's it. If we can, if, if, if we can just master those, we're good. All the other stuff, we won't have to worry about it because it will be taken care of. All the racism, all the, all the hate, all the, every, all, every, every sinful issue there is in this world, we'll be able to overcome it. All we have to do is strive, do our very best to love, to love others. That's it. That's the key. The whole entire scripture, the main theme is love. And love is, it's, it's not, it's not, God's definition of love is, is not uh, uh, emotion or feeling. It's a word of action. And throughout the scripture, God expressed his love for humanity through saving acts for us on our behalf. And we can look in the word of God, we can see verse after verse after verse. I was amazed, all of this stuff that, like, man, you know, it was mind-blowing. Where God acted in our behalf because of his great love. And he used all kind of examples and, 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 and parables where he used people of the Bible to demonstrate his love for us. Things he told them to do. Actions he told them to take. And what happened? People around them, even their family, others thought they were, had lost their mind. They were crazy. But they would be being led by the Spirit of God, showing his love for us. That was before we even came on the scene. He still was making a way for us because he loved us. Having talked about this, this theme for the last month, month and a half, I hope it's been a blessing to all of you as it's been to me because it caused me to kind of reevaluate my thinking. It caused me to revalue my thinking. Embrace love. When we say we love others, we can't just say it. 
and words only. We have to show it in deeds. Because talk is cheap. A lot of us can talk the talk, but we can't walk the walk. Back in the day, I used to hear the older folks say, I'd rather see a sermon than hear a sermon. You know, with some people, that's how we have to reach them in order to get their attention and be an instrument in and, and preparing them to enter the kingdom of heaven. What we have to do is just do and not say a whole lot. Just do what God would do. That's going to get their attention. And then when we do it every day, that become a way of life. That's going to get their attention. And then the thing about it is when we make a mistake, Jason always alludes to this. When we make a mistake, when we mess up, don't try to justify it. They say, hey, I blew that one. You know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. God know my heart. Don't try to justify it. That's what burns me up. When people try to justify wrong, you know. That tells me you, don't, you really don't plan on trying to get it together. We're going to, um, I want to, I wanna, Luke 10, Luke number 10, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. I want to I wanna kind of mention this uh, passage of scripture briefly, and, and it talks about, it talks about love. It talks about the attitude that, that we need to have towards showing love. It reaches across racial lines, and, 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 it, and it, it, it teaches us Jesus' view. On loving your neighbor. Luke 10 and 25. This is what it says. And behold, a certain expert in the law. Some, some versions may say a lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? What is your interpretation? What is your understanding of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. I just like with some of us, we know what to do, but doing it is a whole nother thing. That's why I believe that we can't do it without God enabling us to do it. The key is we just got to want to do it. If it becomes important to me, and I petition God to help me to be able to accomplish, he'll do it. That's the key. Not to just not be concerned. Just go along, happy-go-lucky. I will never be able to accomplish it. But when I ask God to enable me, he'll do it. Amen. So this is what Jesus said. You've answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But now hear us right here. This is us right here, Tommy. But he wanted to justify himself. I tell my wife that all the time. I, I think sometimes she don't, she, don't, she don't want to hear it, you know. 
I always say, anytime I need to justify something, that's because I know I feel short. I feel short instead of saying, yep, you're right, I blew it. Anytime I want to justify it, most of us, it's just in our nature. Anytime we try to justify an action, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sell you on, really, I'm, I'm trying to sell you on, on what I just did. I'm trying to persuade you. I'm trying to convince you so you will go along with it. Most times when people tell me that, hey, dog, I got a witness. <laughs> Most of the time when people tell me that, I just sit and look at them and I hear them out. I don't say, yeah, I agree with you. I see your point. I just got to move on. Yeah. Okay. If that's good enough for you, all right. You know, yeah. God knows. That's right. But he wanted to justify himself. He said, he asked him, who is my neighbor? What he wanted to do was kind of define neighbor in the way he see neighbor. So that he could stick his chest out and say, yep, I done all that. I obeyed all the commands. But he didn't see it coming, what Jesus told him. Jesus gave him this parable. He said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him, they beat him up, left him wounded, and half dead side the road. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, two days' wages. Gave it to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend. When I come back, I'll repay you. That's what he's saying. So Jesus said, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. He didn't know the guy. He didn't know him. And I believe Jesus pointed this out. He used this Samaritan to illustrate that and we, we know, we've talked about it, that the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along. Just like to keep it real in today's time, some blacks and whites don't get along. Some blacks and Hispanics doesn't get along. Some Hispanics and whites doesn't get along. And what irritates me is that if we could call ourselves Christians, that should not be. That shouldn't be, you know. That shouldn't be. Not if we know God. That's what he said. He, does, that, he that does not love does not know God. We can do like the priest. Now, now I, I used to think, okay, okay, if you go to church, then. You're in there. You got it made. You're going to do all the right stuff and all of this, you know. I didn't know any better then. I didn't know any better, Jacob. You know, I just, you know. But as, as, I, as I got older and I grew, 
and as I studied, it's, a, it's about a choice. It's not about what's popular. It's about a choice, what I choose to do. I can make the difference. You can make the difference. We can make the difference. Forget about what the world say. Forget about what's popular to the world because the world does not care for us, for God's people. It does not care. The world want to sell us a bill of goods, cause us to buy. How much, how, many, how much products and stuff the world will put out there and tell the women how beautiful they look and all this and this and that and, and come to find out they just went out in the back of the yard and dug up some mud and that was it, you know. You know, they don't care, you know. They really don't. They will sell us a bunch of uh, bill of goods. That's why some programs now, I just, I turn the television off or I just won't, I won't even watch it. Because it's all about their agenda. It's not about heaven's agenda. We should be about heaven's agenda. So I used to think that, you know, you go to, especially, you know, that, well, Jason, I don't have to tell you this. You, you know this already. Especially preachers, you know. I used to always say, man, yeah, they, they, they walk the walk. They got it. You know, they do everything right and all this. But that's not true. They make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But here it is. Jesus pointed out, okay, the priest come by. This guy that's beat up, half dead, he's a Jew. The preacher is a Jew. The Levite, he works in the church. He's, a ten, he's a, an attendant or assistant in the church. He's a Jew, but they walk on by. So here it is. Jesus says, this Samaritan come. He didn't, he didn't come over and look at him and kept going. He wasn't too busy. The preacher was too busy. He went on by. Whatever, for whatever reason, he went on by. This guy comes over. He said he went to, went to where he was. And I thought about how Jesus does us. Even in our mess, he'll come to where we are, and he'll deliver us. He, he, he will deliver us out of whatever state we're in because of his love for us. So he went over to where he was. Some folks, some folk nowadays, they are so full of evil until they won't even walk. You know, they, they, they don't walk by you. You know, they'd rather walk, somewhere, walk out of the way to encounter you. Some folks, are, you know, another thing, another pet peeve I have, my wife and and. Jennifer probably noticed we've talked about this, my good friend over there. She worked at the courthouse, y'all, so don't, don't, uh, y'all, y'all, uh, yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, and I think I mentioned it to, to, um, to, to some of the members here at Cornerstone. When, when we greet a person or whatever, you know, and I have to call Ed down sometimes because he put a bear hug on there and, and Jeffrey. So, you know, we show love, we hug, you know. Back in the day, men didn't do that, though. You know, we were like, you know, that was kind of, you know. <laughs> we love. But women or men or whatever, don't, don't shake my hand like by the fingers, like, you know, you, you, you know, because so, you're scared you might catch something or whatever. I would rather for you not to even shake my hand, really. You know, prove it to me, you know. Shake my hand with a man shake, or give me a hug if you're going to hug me. That's all we need to do. People know that, yeah, look, I'm, you know, I'm not afraid of catching anything, all right? I love you. I care about you, you know? Yeah, that's how we're supposed to do. That's how we are supposed to do. We are, we are, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and those that are, are outside of, 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 of receiving Christ as their Savior, that's how we draw them. That's how we convince them that, look, 
We're a different breed. We're not like the world. We're not here to, to take from you. We're here to give to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come over. I'm going to take two-day wages. And look, I don't know you, but I don't have to know you. I know the Lord. I know the Lord. But what I'm going to do, because I love you. He that does not love does not know God. That's what the word says. I know God, so I'm going to come over, and I'm going to look out for you. That's what we have to do. And guess who's going to pay him back? God is going to pay him back when he stands before him. You know, he didn't have to keep tabs or whatever. So don't always expect, don't, don't always, I tell people all the time, I say, don't always expect for folks that you think are your own, you know, to have your back. Because sometimes we let each other down. We let each other down sometimes. But what we have to do is when the opportunity, Jesus is saying this, whoever is in need, that's your neighbor. That's really the moral of the story. Whoever that's in need is your neighbor. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, we wouldn't do ourselves any harm. Let's be kind of psychotic or whatever, but we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Whatever I do for myself or would want somebody to do for me, that's what I should do to my neighbor. And it's amazing that I've, I've realized that, and, and I, I always knew it, and I gave it some consideration, but lately even more, I was talking to my neighbor. She's 89, and I tell you, she gets started, she can go, you know. She can go, I mean, and, I, and that's the first thing I do when I walk in the door. I said. I came over to visit with you, and, you know, I'm going to sit about 30 minutes, and we, you know, because I know what we're going to talk about. It's great. We're going to talk the word. She's going to talk about her husband, which he's dead. She loved him, and then she's going to talk about the Lord. But an hour later, you know, I'm thinking, like, I got to go because I, you know, I need to go and rest or what have you. And, and, and it's amazing that, you know, she always kind of go back to doing for people, for helping people. She can care less who you are. You know, I think if, if a Martian were knocking on the door, she, she, would, she would feed them, really. That would she do. You know, that would a lot of older people like to do, feed you. And, 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 and I, like, I, like, I like Jason's take on it. It's important, though, because he, when I feed you, that shows that I want to fellowship with you, you know. I want to take time and sit down and get to know you. I want to fellowship with you. I, uh, I, I thought about Jeffrey. It's probably been... Well, this incident happened about three months ago, maybe. Yeah, about three months ago now. And, and as, as um, Jason started preaching this series, I went back to that incident, and it was an incident at work. And, and I thought about Jeffrey, and, and, and this was about in the middle of Jason preaching this series. And um, I recall that when I... When I First got back to tech, Don, when I first got back to tech, all these new people, 75% of them I didn't know. Never seen them in my life. So I'm doing what we Christians do. I passed this guy in the, in the, in the, in the aisle, and I spoke to him, and he didn't say anything. This was a white guy. He didn't say anything. I'm like, man, you know, maybe he didn't hear me, you know. I mean, because I, I really never saw him hanging with a bunch of people, whatever. Whenever I, I saw him, he kind of was always working, which was good. But I didn't see him talk to a lot of people. So when the opportunity presented itself, I don't know how long it was. It could have been a week, could have been a couple of days. I said, well, maybe, maybe I need to speak a little louder. Maybe he didn't hear me. We were around all this equipment. Got our earplugs in. So 
So I spoke to him. I passed him. On the way to break, he was coming to break. I spoke to him again. He didn't say anything. I'm thinking, what's up with this dude? You know? And he, he, he looked weird because he had a mohawk cut. And then in the back, he had a ponytail, but he had it tied up with a rubber band on it. So already he's looking a little strange, and there's nothing on the side. And he has all these tattoos from his shoulder down because they had muscle traits on. And I didn't, I didn't say anything to him. Jeffrey, I didn't confront him or say anything because he was kind of thick. He, I can tell he lift weight, so he was kind of cut, you know. I didn't say anything. I didn't want to start nothing. <laughs> and, uh, but it's talking about going to where a person is and, and, and spending some time or, or what have you. So I didn't, so I, I just kind of, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I just left it alone. So a week or so later, his machine broke. And he came to me and he said, well, I'm having this problem with my machine. And and um, wanted wanted to know if you can come over and look at it. And I went over, got this machine going. While we while we're working on the machine, this guy, I mean, he told me his life story, and I was amazed. And I came back and said, you know, that's what it's all about. We got to spend time with folks to get to know, you know, really, you know. I read somewhere say we have to walk alongside a person. We have to walk alongside them to get to know them, to be, to become intimate with them. And that's how we have to do with Jesus. We have to, when we accept him, we have to, we got to study his word. That's how we get intimate. That's how we get to know him. We get to know his character. We got to spend time in his word. We got to spend time meditating on his word. And that's how we have to do with one another. We can't stand off for four and, and, and think we know what people are about. Jason talked a couple of weeks ago about, about uh, uh, he talked to his friend who was up in Atlanta, and she, she mentioned the fights uh, uh, when, when they, when they saying Black Lives Matter came out, and a lot of people got it, but then a lot didn't because it was like, well, all lives matter. That's obvious, you know? That's obvious. But you got to come and walk along beside the folks that are been robbed, left for dead, like this guy coming from Jericho. You have to walk alongside them. Then we get to understand what's going on. This guy told me he had been to prison twice. Well, he'd been locked up. He hadn't been to prison. He'd been to, I mean, jail right here in Thomasville twice for what he had. I mean, it was stupid stuff. And now, before he came to tech, he was working at the jail, and he was mentoring young men that was coming in. I said, okay, well, there you go. You know, God had you go through that for a reason. You got to be able to identify with those guys before you can be able to help them. You could identify with them because you've been there. You've done that. You walked along beside them. And that's the way it is with us. We have to sit down, walk beside our brothers and sisters, regardless of what race, culture, religion, whatever. We have to walk beside one another and say, hey, look, I care about you. I see you. Sometimes people need, people need us to sit down with them, to get to know them. More than they need a sermon, more than they need teaching, but because see, we need to be able to convince them I care about you. We need to be we we need to be able to, to to convince them that I see you, and I understand what you're going through. I want to help you. They're gonna open up. That's our opportunity to say, well, look, this is what the Lord can do for you. But just to 
put it out there and don't spend any time, they don't want to hear it. You know why? Because most folks in the world, they look at us as holy rollers, especially when we roll up and, you know, we become all pious and, you know, like we got it going on and we really don't, you know. We need to just say, look, I identify with you, you know. I've been there, done that. If not, I know some brothers that's been there. They could, they could you know, that's what it's about. We're going to make that impression on those individuals that's going to last forever. People hear what we do. They don't always hear what we say. Amen? So, so, so here it is. We get ready to close, but let me, let me say this. Uh, First Corinthians, I'm just going to read it. And um, I'm just going to read it. And this kind of reminds me, this scripture came to mind when I read about the priest in uh, Luke 10 and the Levite. And this is Paul. Paul summing it up. Paul is summing it up. And he's talking about what love looks like. This is what love looks like. And this talking to, this, 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 this talking to us right here. He said, do I speak? Because see, I'm going to tell you now, with, with, with some of us, I, I know, I know, been there, done that. I, I, I've, I've dealt with some of us. If God give you the gift to sing, I mean, you could sing, like, ain't you, you, you could pray, you could do all this good stuff. Some of us get lifted up with pride, really, you know. We think we are better than others. We have a little position. That's why you can't just give anybody a position in the church. Some of us get kind of stupid, you know. Really? So, 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 Paul is saying that, do I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but have not love? I'm just making noise. That's what he's saying. I'm just making noise. And do I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge? And do I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love? I'm nothing. And do I bestow all my goods to feed the poor? And do I give my body to be burned? But have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does no envy, does not envy. Love does not parade itself. You know, all puffed it up. It's not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. It's not provoked, thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity or rejoices in truth, bear all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. You can't lose. When we love, we can't lose. Now, I've attempted to do a whole lot of stuff, and I failed at it. But love never fails. Drop down to verse 13. And now by faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Um, there's a story about, let, let me say this before I close. Um, we, we have the greater responsibility, Christian parents. We have, we have the responsibility, especially Christian parents. It's our responsibility to train our children to do what's right in the sight of God. Now, whether they do it or not, that's, that's going to be on them, especially when they get up to age. Most of them, if, if, if we teach them through words and deeds, they're going to do it because a lot of children, not so much now as they used to be back in old days, young folks, 
But we used to thought our parents, we, we thought when we were coming up there, hey, they knew everything. Then we got to a certain age, we started kind of losing our, you know, losing it a little bit, and we kind of do, wanted to do our own thing. But we still know. We, we still knew. The children knew. Just like the children nowadays. They, they know the right way because they've been taught the right way. If we do the right thing as parents. It was said earlier that racism, prejudice, that is, a, that is an adult disease. And we spread it. We, 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 we use our kids to spread it. Children aren't born prejudiced. They're not born prejudiced. When we get up, we get all our preconceived ideas of how people ought to be and what they ought to do and all of this and that. And we forget the fact that, you know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm tore up myself. And only by the grace of God, I'm what I am. And I'm still striving, striving daily. That's what Paul said, I die daily. When I mess up, thank God he give me another chance to get it right. I want to get it right. And through the grace of God, I'm going to get it right. That's, what, that's the attitude we, we, we need to have. Parents, it's our job to train our children. That's what they did. Train your children and your children's children. And your children's children. Isn't that what the word says? That's what they did back in. Call it like it is. That's what God's going to do. So I'm reminded of a story. It's about an anthropologist. He was doing some research in this small third world country. And in, in, in this little small village, he, 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 had, he had just gotten to the point where he was um, finishing up his work. And as he was waiting in the village on his transportation back to the airport for his return flight home, he was just sitting and he was watching some children playing. And he decided, he said, well, I'm going to create a game for them to play. You know, children can, children can just find anything. They, they, man, they have some imagination. They can just create games and play. But he said, I'm going to create a game that they can play. So he took a basket of fruit and some candy, and he placed it over by a tree. And he told him, he said, now I'm going to give the signal. And when I say go, I want you to race to the basket, and the one who gets to the tree first is the winner. To his amazement, when he gave the signal, nobody, nobody moved. Not one child moved. It puzzled him, it threw him. And he asked, he said, well, why? When I gave the signal, nobody, nobody took off to get the prize. And one little girl spoke up, and she said, she said, how can one of us be happy when all the rest are sad? What they did, they joined hands, and all of them ran to the tree together. So all of them can partake in that prize. Wouldn't it be great if we could do that, if, 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 if the church could do that, and then spread that to our communities? Nobody ran because they said they wanted everybody to be a winner. That's looking out for your neighbor right there. That's loving your neighbor. Jesus said, when parents were bringing their children to him to 
for him to touch him. Now, sometimes we, we, we overlook the important things. Children, the way we bring them up and the admonition of the Lord. And, and sometimes we get too busy, especially being church folk. We get too busy. So when the, when the parents brought the children to Jesus, remember the, the words say that the disciples was, you know, as if he didn't have time for that. You know, you got to take care of more important stuff. And you remember what he said? He said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We have to have the minds. We have to go back to the way children think, that if God said it, then I believe it. I'm going to take him at his word. That's what I'm going to believe. That's what I'm going to act on. Not put my own understanding on it. Not try to correct it or improve it. But to accept it in faith and act on it. That's what we have to do. He that does not love does not know God. I'm going to tell you, when I stand before him, when I stand before him, I want him to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? Unless we come as little children and no wise will we enter the kingdom of heaven. Amen?